Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their mistakes, pump up your own inspiration, and grow your bottom line. Christian is over here staring, staring, making funny faces at me. Sorry for messing up there. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, along with the CEO of Business Marketing Solutions Group, my bestest friend in the world, Christian Webb. Say what's up. How's it going? Thank you for making those funny faces and making me laugh midway through <laughs> intro. That's Always special. trying to mess them up. Uh, we are here with a great friend of mine, guy I've known for a couple years, uh, named Scott Patterson. Scott currently owns NutriShop Charlotte, and he also very recently in November opened up the Eat the Frog, uh, located in the Metropolitan. Scott, thanks for joining us this morning. Good to be here. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you have you have so many things going on, and you have such a great story to tell, man. Um, I'm so excited to uh, be able to have you here in this room and tell us a little bit about it. Um, to give you guys a little bit of background, um, when Scott was getting ready to open his Eat the Frog Fitness, Sun Cole was uh, struck by a taxi, right? Correct. Yeah. And uh, endured some very serious uh, life-threatening injuries. So, you know, talk about the setback of the universe. And then, you know, after he gets through most of that, goes through his rehab process, then uh, Scott gets diagnosed with cancer, right? Absolutely. And, and so, you know, talk about proceeding the needle forward. Um, talk about inspiration, man. What kept you going through all that stuff? Uh, not really sure what, why, why I kept going through all that. I guess I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And uh, just my nature to just keep, keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, luckily, I had a good support team. Um, my wife was, was ins inspirational and very helpful in getting both myself and Cole through our situations. Um, and uh, that's kind of what kept us going. Uh, I also had a uh, friend and partner who was opening up Eat the Frog in Chapel Hill. Um, and he basically uh, came and lived with me for eight months oh, wow. um, and helped get the thing out of the ground because during the start of this, I was mostly in bed or at the hospital or doing something like mm. that. Yeah. And so uh, he was, uh, it, without him, we would have never got it up out of the ground. Wow. Absolutely. That's, that's incredible, you know. Yeah. And talk, talk about how to develop a, a lifelong relationship if you didn't already have one. I mean, you know, I'm sure you'll never forget that, and neither will, will your family, you know. No, he, he's um, a friend of mine from college, so we, oh, okay. we've known so each other for a long time. <laughs> yep. You were already there, so that, yep. that helps tremendously. So. Uh, going back, um, so before NutriShop, you were in the publishing arena, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And then, so what made you decide uh, that you wanted to go with NutriShop of all things? Uh, well, I was in the publishing business, business, and I had been all around the country. I had been to, uh, I started in Texas. I lived in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. I went to Pittsburgh. Uh, I went to Atlanta, um, and then here to Charlotte. And mainly, I was involved with fixing broken products you know, mm -hmm. or, or broken teams or whatever. So it was uh, usually go in and have to take a failing business, fix it, and uh, then either uh, mainly fix it and then sell it is what's, what's happened. So sure. um, we were very successful with that for a number of years. Um, and then uh, when I came to Charlotte and we'd been moving all around and my wife said, listen, we're going to move to Charlotte we can't move until our son graduates from high school. Yeah, got to plant your roots. This yeah. is this is just you know too crazy. So you got to let him graduate at least. So I said, okay, we'll do that. So um, when we got out of the publishing business in Charlotte, he was still in high school. Gotcha. So I had to do something. My wife is a lifelong gym rat. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been involved with fitness myself, um, and uh, so we said, let's open a gym. Yep. So we started looking at the opportunities in the, in the gyms that were in the area. Um, 
funny how that comes full circle later on, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, and we couldn't find any gems, that, that any, any models that made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this nutrition store that was for sale, and I said, well, it's not a gym, but it's kind of in the same genre, and you're working with people that are into fitness and stuff like that. So um, that's wh- why we decided to do that. Okay. And I knew nothing about nutrition at that point in time. Wow. So it was a, it was a whole learning co- learning curve. Yeah, I mean, talk about like, trial by fire. Yeah, know? I mean, I took some protein, you know, before, and that was about it. So sure. protein <laughs> and vitamins. Yeah. So we really learned a lot about uh, fitness, and we met a ton of people that were in the fitness industry. And um, interestingly, during that time, a friend of mine who was managing LA Fitness and knew that I was um, into gyms and, and entrepreneurial. He said, hey, you got to look at this thing. It's called Orange Theory. It's out of Florida. And uh, he said, take a look at that. And uh, I think it'd be a great model. We could bring it here to Charlotte. So I looked at it, and I, w- I went and visited one in Florida. And I said, this is crazy. I said, it's so small, and you can't even go in there and work out on your own. You have to go Into a class. when there's a class going on. And, and, and it only has limited amount of equipment. And it's cost, you know, five times what it cost me to go to um, my normal gym. I said, this is crazy. Nobody would do this. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So They showed you, Scott. (laughs) So fast forward, of course, I, you know, I learned my lesson. And um, being with Nutrishop, we worked with a lot of Orange Theories and and we worked with a lot of different gyms. And so I knew how successful that model was. Right. And I kicked myself and said, gosh, why didn't I get involved with that when I could have? Sure. so uh, then all of a sudden, I learned about this Eat the Frog opportunity. And how, how did you learn about Eat the Frog, by the way? Because I, I hadn't learned about it before you brought it up. Um, believe it or not, I was uh, listening to XM Radio, and they had an ad that they were looking for franchisees. Oh, wow. So marketing works is what you're so, telling me. <laughs> yeah. So Interesting. I, I, I More called, importantly, a radio ad works. Yeah, yeah. a radio ad. Yeah. yeah. It was XM, so it was, you know, yeah, right. satellite radio, but still. Can't sell a gym membership on the radio, but you can sell a $500,000 yeah. franchise. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. sure. <laughs> so um, anyway, so I, I, I thought, well, I'll check this thing out. And I really didn't expect it to go anywhere because most of these things don't. But um, once I learned more about it, I met the founders, um, Joe Culver and Brian Clay. Um, Joe Culver's been a successful business person and uh, – has been in the fitness industry and, and owned, still does own some uh, big box gyms. And Brian Clay is a Olympic gold medal decathlete. Yep. So um, Did you recognize that name before? Yeah, well, I read the story. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, got, I was like, yeah, he was into track and stuff I, for a long time, I, and I just figured he knew who that was. Yeah, no, I, I didn't recognize the name. Mm-hmm. So I had to look it up. But mm-hmm. then I was like, wow, this guy's he's really accomplished. Um, Decathlon athletes were like the CrossFitters of the old day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, not so, easy stuff for sure. So I didn't know this, but um, uh, but what I learned when I met with with him was, um, in the Olympics, you either get a gold medal, a bronze medal, or a silver medal. Mm-hmm. But there's two other awards that are given, um, and one of them is world's fastest man. That would be the, the person who wins the hundred hundred yard dash. So Usain right. Bolt is world's fastest man. And uh, the other thing is world's greatest athlete. So the person that wins the decathlete is named world's greatest, world's greatest athlete. athlete. Huh. Yeah. And so, um, so I met Brian, learned that. Uh, he's a super humble guy. Uh, I had dinner with him. He brought his medals. Oh, wow. You know, that must have been Hey, you cool. want to take a picture with my medal? You know, yeah. I said, don't get any sauce on it because my wife gets pissed off if it <laughs> gets <laughs> dirty. You know, um, 
So very humble, um, and I and I really liked the team that they had put together. So you know that's what that's what made me inter interested sure. in doing it. And um, so I uh, I took on I bought the state of North Carolina, and now we're working on building that out. We got the first one open in November. We started construction on uh, Chapel Hill location uh, a week and a half ago, and uh, now we're, we're scouting out a couple more locations in Charlotte that we expect to have open within the next year. So wow, yeah, that's, that's tremendous how it all just kind of comes together. And and you know the thing that's particularly impressive is with all those things going on in your personal life, and you still kept the needle rolling forward with you know making making that business choice and. I'm sure that, you know, had that not happened to Cole and had you not been diagnosed and had to be almost bedridden for so long, I'm sure that you probably would have been able to open much sooner. But, you know, you still ended up with the with the same, you know, same end result type of thing just a little yeah. bit later on and, and that type of thing. Yeah, we definitely would have got started sooner. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no doubt about that. Um, I feel like I feel like the going. only way to succeed in the boutique industry right now with all the saturation is to almost make a make like paralleled communities to like little side communities to what you currently do and create a good community around your Eat the Frog. Because you got to find a way to pull people out of all the other boutiques. Because let's face it, almost all the people who are going to go to boutique are at a boutique. <laughs> yeah, they, so you, there's a lot of them. You've know? yeah. you got to somehow pull them out. Yeah, there's a lot of boutique fitness going on. I think um, there's, a, there's a couple <laughs> things that, that we're able to do. One of them is building community. So um, the people that come and, and work out with us, they love it. Um, we... we uh, we opened in November. Um, I think we've had uh, maybe three people that actually quit their membership. Oh, wow. That's mm. good. And, That's good um, attrition. Mm -hmm. You know, the two of them moved out of the country, mm -hmm. and, and one of them um, had uh, some financial difficulties. But other than that, people are staying. You know, they, they love it. They like working out together. They love our coaches. Um, you know, they, they come to the, the uh, coach sessions and the coaches really help them, motivate them and, and help them with the exercises. So a lot of people, when they first came, they couldn't even do some of the exercises because they just weren't fit enough to, to, to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So our coaches help them and give them a, a modification of that exercise so they can do it. Mm -hmm. And, and then over time they get better and they can actually do the full exercise. The so thing really, I love really about rewarding. the boutiques are, is that attrition amount, man. That's, that's been, that's yeah. been boutiques best thing. Like CrossFit started with it, right? CrossFit had like a, had like a 12% attrition rate, which is like 30% less than a Globo gym. Yeah. And yeah. Then all these other boutiques come out and they have the same similar attrition rate, maybe less. And it's like, the reason that is, is because you get them in a group and everybody chats and talks. And like, instead of at the gym where he goes and mm -hmm. plugs his ears in and don't talk to anybody yeah, at these, at eat the frogs and orange theories and CrossFit gyms, you see them like literally you just always chatting with your buddy. Yeah. They're counting on you to show up. They call it, they text you if you're not there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you accountable, you know? Yeah. And, and we know our members. So, um, when somebody walks in to eat the frog, mm -hmm. usually they're greeted by name. Yeah. yeah. Hey Scott. Hey Christian. Or yeah. yeah. So we, we know, thing. we know who you are. Um, we know what your goals are. So whether it's lose weight, get better cardio, my daughter's getting married in six months, you know, everybody has their own goals, but we try to know what everybody's goals are and then we can, you know, try to help them to achieve their goals. So, yeah. um, it's, it's a, it's a great concept. Um, and I, we've been I, really I successful. This, I have this really weird theory. I've thought about this a lot, particularly, uh, about boutique fitness and it goes back to what Christian was talking about. 
Christian did CrossFit for a long time, and he was always trying to get me to come to a CrossFit class, come to a class, whatever. Right, right. And, you know, I've always been a meathead. I've always just been lift things up, put them down, go home, and don't talk about it, you know. And one of the things that's particularly interesting about any of these group class environments at all is that in these things you just have so much accountability. Now, Christian and I were both personal trainers for a couple years, um, two for me and three for him, and it's just having that accountability partner. But my theory that, that continues on for that and kind of why I think boutique's taken over and why I don't agree with Christian that, that it's saturated, I think that uh, more people are being attracted to that idea because of the fact that you know, we spend so much time on our phones and it's so easy to communicate with each other through Facebook and Instagram and texting each other and whatever. But as far as actual human communication is concerned, I think the gym's one of the only places that you're going to get that, you know, one of the only places you're going to get to meet new people and one of the only places that you're going to be able to join an integral community like that. So um, it's interesting. I mean, you know, um, I think Eat the Frog has a, has a great model for that, too. Yeah, and it's, it's different because, again, when you come in, you're not wearing your headphones. Right. Because we're playing the music for you. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we, hit, we have a uh, very high-end sound system yeah. um, and AV system. So everything is, is on. We have two um, projector screens yeah. in the studio. Um, That's we cool, have, too. Uh, four TVs, four regular TVs that um, display their heart rate monitor. Oh, so cool. that's the other thing is everybody knows what their heart rate is at all times. At the end of the workout, um, they'll get an email from us, and it'll say, here's how many calories you burned. Oh, cool. Here's, here's what your average heart rate was. Here's how long you spent in the red zone, yeah. which is the, the, the um, you know, peak zone that we want people to be in. Here's where you're in the green zone, um, et cetera. So... It's, it's really um, a complete, you know, you come in, you're greeted, you go yeah. have a great workout, and then um, at the end, you're going to get a report that says, here's what you did today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, people love it. I, I think about that with, this, with the storytelling principles. The storytelling principle in, in marketing or anything is that you have a beginning of a story, a middle, and an end type of thing. So at the beginning, you're greeting them correctly, and you're saying, hey, Scott, not hey, dude, hey, buddy, or whatever. It's more like, hey, Scott, uh, see, you lost those five pounds. Let's keep it crushing, baby. Then you have the workout, which is a great experience in itself. And then the end experience is getting those metrics. And even if somebody's not ever looking at that email, they know that they're still being being touched at that end point so that the story has a complete beginning and end type of thing. Um, with gyms, you just have the beginning, or you just have the uh, the middle, just have the workout experience, it seems right. like. And one of the other things we do that's, that's different, speaking of a beginning and an end, is um, we do a fitness assessment. Mm-hmm. And that fitness assessment, we test you, test you on strength, we text, test you on um, your cardio, mm-hmm. and we test you on your flexibility and, and your core strength. So that's what that test is. And um, we guarantee you results. So we're going we're gonna to do a new fitness assessment after eight weeks. Yeah. We guarantee that you're going to get better yeah. during those eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you get your money back. Wow. So it's, it's a pretty, uh, pretty good guarantee that you can get absolutely guaranteed no results. Which, yeah. um, and, and as you know in the nutrition industry, yeah. we can tell people what to do, but we can't guarantee results. We can results. show them the door and we make have, it really pretty, but we can't get them to walk through it. I mean, yeah, it just, and, and we can't guarantee them anything. Right. And so this is unique that we're actually willing to, to say this product is good enough. We guarantee you that it'll work. Yeah. That's a tremendous thing in itself. Yeah. So I want to shift gears with you a little bit and talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. Um, that, you know, the business model perspective, I think we have pretty well covered with Eat the Frog and 
the market advantages and what attracted you to the brand. Mm -hmm. As far as entrepreneurship is concerned, um, you know, you're in the publication industry and you decide it's time to anchor down until Cole gets through high school and you decide that the nutrition store is the way to go with that stuff. What got you to jump onto that basically for yourself? I mean, you had, you had done basically business growth and buying and selling, purchasing and selling businesses, but what made you jump ship and decide that you wanted to do this nutrition store for yourself type of thing? What went through your head? So um, the publishing industry, as you're probably well aware, has been in decline for a number of years. Sure. Um, you know, I was doing newspapers, magazines, direct mail. Um, all of those products have, have gone downhill. Um, magazines, probably the only one that, that has a possible future. But um, a big part of what we did was classified advertising, of course. Mm -hmm. Well, there is no classified advertising to speak of anymore. It's all online. Yeah. And, you know, whereas, uh, you know, if, if, if you wanted to sell your dog, you used to call up the newspaper and say, hey, I want to sell my dog. And they'd say, okay, it's $15 and yeah, away sure. you go. Well, now you're not going to pay anything to sell your dog. Yeah. You know, you're going to put it online for free and you're going to, you're going to do it that way. Sure. So a huge part of that revenue was gone to online. Right. And then people quit reading newspapers. So. I still get a newspaper when the observer decides to deliver it. Yeah. Um, but um, their choice, you know, whatever. But, I, but I'm, the only, I'm the only person on my street who gets a newspaper. Oh, wow. You know, so I get the Wall Street Journal and the Observer every day. Wow. Uh, like I said, when they decide to deliver it. But, um, you know, my whole street, nobody else does. Yeah. I'll give you a creepy statistic or a, a creepy fact about me. I don't think I've even touched a newspaper in a decade. Oh, wow. I don't yeah. think I've even had one in my hands. Yeah. I get, so I get a Mooresville Tribune every morning on my driveway and and it's in a plastic bag, and I've never opened it. And I, I've, I've never opened it. They go straight in the trash every time. Like, and I, and I hate that. But I mean, I, no offense. Yeah, it's just you know? the information's so readily available at our hands yeah. that I don't need it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, so that's why I decided not to pursue, pursue anything else in sure. the in That was the a smart choice. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I said, okay, what you know, what are people not gonna? Um, be able to get online or be able to get for free or you know whatever yeah and so um at the time nutrition seemed like a good thing and, and we're um as you know uh, in the nutrition business that we're in we're very consultative mm -hmm. and we really work with people and try to you know help them with their needs and so people come in that really have questions yep um the challenge in that industry also is a lot of it is on amazon a lot right. of it is on uh, bodybuilding.com or somewhere else and people are going online and buying it yeah and and um you know we went to a low price model where um we sell everything for the same price amazon does and we thought maybe that would solve that issue sure um it does sometimes but some people just don't want to get out off their couch yeah they'd rather just have a box show yeah. up on their doorstep competing with convenience and low price is pretty tough you know exactly yeah so, so the next, so the next step to this puzzle is, you know, you decide, you know, you have the NutriShop, um, and you basically make a conscious choice that you're going to have both NutriShop and Eat the Frog at some point. So, right. what what ends up happening? What goes through your mind that that makes you so interested in in both joint venturing and and having uh, more than one thing at once? Uh, the um, the NutriShop model we have down pretty well. Yeah. Um, my son actually uh, runs that mm -hmm. location. And uh, so we figured that we could uh, open the gym and, and spend our bulk of our efforts getting the gyms open mm -hmm. sure. um, without having 
too much stress from the NutriShop. Gotcha. Um, you know, long term, uh, you know, really the, the, the gym, the fitness is going to be our long term project. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, lot bigger barrier to entry with, you know, just all the sheer equipment costs that you have in gyms and stuff like that and, and getting that stuff off the ground. It's very interesting. If I was to open a gym, it would 100% be a boutique. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you, you might be interested in opening a box in the long term, but anyway. Like a CrossFit box? <laughs> yeah, like a CrossFit box. I think you might. You yeah. Might consider, I mean, I, I've always loved CrossFit, man. CrossFit's a lot of fun. Yeah. So well, um, we, we have a spot in Huntersville ready for a uh, eat the frog. So uh-oh. when you're <laughs> there ready, you go. selling know. me, selling we're about, me. We're about, shake, we're about to shake hands and make some deals over here, dude. If I start spending my time at eat the frog, Reese yeah. would lose his mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we're 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 emotionally supportive. We're in strong build sure. mode right now. We are. So um, let's talk a little bit about. Let's say that you're uh, I don't know 25 years old and and you decide you want to go into business for yourself and you're particularly attracted to fitness um, as you and I both are. What, what advice would you give to somebody that's an up-and-coming entrepreneur that wants to be in business for themselves in the fitness industry? Uh, I think they, they need to really learn as much as they can before they make the leap to go in on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, learn on somebody else's dime, sure. so to speak, um, because there certainly is a lot of failures out there yeah. in the fitness industry. Um, I, th- I think uh, there's a gym in Charlotte that opened on January 5th and is closed already. Yeah. So, um, that's some poor planning right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even imagine that. Like I can't, I can't it imagine be poor planning or something crazy happened. happened. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we'll pray for them, but I mean, yeah. I, I can't, I can't fathom what could have happened in that circumstance because you have commercial leasing, you have equipment costs and rentals, you have, you know, and especially when you're planning something like that ahead of time, like I just can't imagine what happened in that circumstance. I mean, yeah. it's, I, it's I, I have no idea what actually happened, but, um, but, Obviously, things like that can happen. So sure. if you're young and trying to do it, you want to learn as much as you can. But I'd also say, um, you know, uh, don't wait too long because yeah. what's going to happen is as you progress in your, in your career and you're making more money, the more money you make, the harder it is to make a leap and jump off on your own. Right. Because when you do make that leap, you're going to give up all that income. So. The more you make, the more you're giving up to. to I know that try very it. well. Yeah, I was the VP of Sales and Marketing for a drone company, and I just got tired of working for people. To be honest, man, mm-hmm. and I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. And yeah. my 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 fiance at the time, she was like, I'll support you, but I think you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the golden yeah. handcuff principle. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, I'm I'm doing just fine. But what happens if they go out of business? Right, because the owners are starting to argue, right? And they're mm-hmm. still they're still in business now, but the owners were starting to argue. And I was like, my life. Is in is in their on, stability right yep. now, which yeah. is which is Completely. a volatile climate, you know. Yeah, you know, like it just didn't make any sense. And I, and I also noticed there's kind of like a cap to what you can make if you work for someone, because I worked at United Rentals, Sunbelt Rentals, Charlotte UAV, and all three of them you make it as almost as far as you can as like a as like a, a pawn, I guess, and then all of a sudden you're stuck. Yeah, but you're happy stuck. We, <laughs> you know, people talk about the call of the wild when they talk about yeah. the call of adventure and born to be wild and all that stuff. I I think that there's a call to entrepreneurship. And I, I think that all three of us in this room that have had businesses of our own and, mm-hmm. and you know, we've had setbacks and failures and successes all, all, I think that, you know, everybody that we've even had on this cast, it's a business owner. I think that we all feel that call, you know, yeah. we all feel the call where, you know, they say that if you, if you have the call of entrepreneurship, uh, you'd rather, you'd rather spend 80 hours a week making, making 40 grand than spending 40 hours a week making 200 grand. And to some people that doesn't make sense. And that's okay because the world is like that. I mean, the world 
the world needs people to work for people too. The world needs employees just as much as it needs yeah. people that innovate. Businesses you know? wouldn't run without them. Yeah, but it, it's interesting. You know, I, I, with Business Legends, one of my one of my attempts of, of this show is to kind of uh, let people feel that call. You know, and mm-hmm. if they if they feel that call and they have an idea and they want to run with it, to empower them to do so. You know, um, it's an incredible thing. I mean, it's an incredible choice. It's an incredible choice that. You know, despite everything that Scott's been through with coal and cancer and beating cancer and all that stuff, that you still decided to to keep moving forward and and you know now that now that you're beyond that stuff to continue on with Eat the Frog, you know, and yeah. that's that's the absolutely matrix. and and as an entrepreneur, you're going to have really high highs, you're going to have really low lows. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when things go wrong, they go really wrong. They go wrong, <laughs> and it's it's all yours. Yeah, you, know, you own the whole thing. You you own the whole whatever that challenge is, you own it. Yep. Um, but also when it goes really well, you, you get to own that too. For sure. Um, but, you know, when it goes really well, you're going to try to share that with your team as much as possible. Yeah. Um, when it goes really, really poorly, you really don't want to blame your team for that. So yeah. the only place you can really look when things are screwed internally. up is internally. Man, yeah. I, I say that, Reese will probably, I, I say this all the time to Reese. I'm like, it, no matter what the problem is in the company, you have to always kind of accept that it's your fault or you can't fix it. Right. And it kind of, kind of sucks, you know, because yeah. it all falls on you. And even if you feel like it's the customer's fault or you feel like it's an employee's fault, you have to go back and you have to track or it down to what... circumstance, you yeah, know. Yeah, you have to track it down to where it happened with you. Yeah. Maybe you put something in place. Maybe your steps were weird. Like, what happened? Yeah. Because you can't fix somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just or, can't. Or maybe you ignored the signs. You know, I can speak personally to vague circumstances where, uh, you know, there have been situations where I just lacked the for the foresight to be able to know that this that this might have been a a, a bad strategy for the long term or something yeah. um one other thing that i want to talk to you a little bit about scott uh just just from you know just from your fitness experiences and such um uh, we always talk about how there's a difference between short-term and long-term strategy you know and so for example in the gym industry you might you might offer uh you know a huge upfront thing or something like that and then it leads to uh to things in the long term not really working out so much. Um, can you speak to that, you, both both in the nutrition and fitness industry, about how to uh, change your expectations for long and short term, um, both marketing and planning? Absolutely. I, I can give you a great example of, of where we uh, made a huge mistake in some short-term thinking and opening up Eat the Frog. So um, when, we, when we opened, we had a marketing strategy that was um, you could join – uh, for a penny down, and uh, and then we were going to give you a two week preview before the before the gym opened, mm-hmm. so you could come for two weeks for free, and then your membership would start after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it seemed like a great idea. Penny down, people were like, "Yeah, no problem. Here's my credit card. Charge me a penny, and uh, away we go." And uh, what we found was once we did open, uh, and all of a sudden, a lot of these people that signed up for a penny, they had no commitment whatsoever, and they never even showed up to try it. Oh, wow. But it's they were amazing. Yeah, the meter starts They never running. even showed up. Yeah. Yeah, and so then they got a, they got a bill Yeah. Um, because they signed a contract. They didn't read the contract, I guess. They just signed it and said, okay. Yeah. Um, they thought but, it was an end-user license agreement, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that first month was, was – uh, pretty challenging because we had all these people that were like hey you charged my credit card what's going on it's like yeah 
well, this is what you signed um, up for, and maybe they didn't have Yeah, so, well, we couldn't. You know, the customer's always right. Um, and so um, we took care of everybody that, was, that had a misunderstanding. We took the blame for that. Yeah. And uh, we gave everybody their money back and, um, you know, told them, hey, if you want to come back and if you ever do want to try us, you know, come check us out. Um, but that was a short-term strategy that was was totally <coughs> totally flawed yeah um, and you think about all the customer service problems that you have with that and and how you have to go through the return right. policies and stuff i mean it's just taking up your time too and in today's world um as you know online is so important um and i didn't want to have anybody getting on yelp and yeah. google and facebook and Same. trash that's what me. i was just about to say yep. if you um, kept any of those dollars so, it would have taken um, thousands from you yeah so we had um we had w only one um, poor review that showed up, and um, I actually talked to the lady myself. I, I called her and I said, hey, this is Scott. I'm, I'm the owner of Eat the Frog Fitness. It looks like we really screwed up and, and um, you know, made a mistake. And she said, yeah, you know, I was really angry because you guys charged me. And I said, I said, okay. And I said, and I believe we, we, you know, gave you your money back and we took care of you, right? And she goes, yeah, you did. And I said, okay, well, I you know, is there anything else? And she said, no. And, and um, she said, you know what? I really appreciate you calling me. And um, she said, I put a, I put a review up and I'm going to take that. She said, I put a bad review up and you're a nice person. I'm going to take that down. Cause I know. And um, I said, well, it's not why I was calling you. I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. And, and um, but I appreciate it if you do. And she did. Yeah. You know, so, so if you look at our, our reviews now, they're hundred percent positive everywhere. Yeah. And they could have been disastrous because yeah. we had, yeah. We had so many people that were um, unhappy with that circumstance. We're unhappy, yeah, but we, you know, took care of it. Yeah. So, um, good on you. You know, you got to take care of your customers. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, that's a great lesson that I've learned in other industries as well. Is is you know, they the old adage of the customer is always right. I don't necessarily agree with that, but you always have to take the blame whether whether they're right or wrong. You know. Um, yeah. One other thing. Um, let me get your opinion on this, Scott. Um, I'm particularly interested, just given the similar circumstances of life that we've had and careers and whatnot. Um, in the fitness industry, I see a lot of uh, baiting and switching. And so you see a lot of people that are doing like a free challenge here or they're doing, you know, like like you said, maybe the people that signed up for a penny thought that they were being baited and switched or whatever. Um, do you think that, that that's going to go away or do you think it's just going to get worse? No, I, I still see people doing that. They do those, you know, hey, we need 20 women to right. lose 50 pounds. Right, um, sure. And as obnoxious as it is, it you know, works. Um, yeah. It works, um, but, you know, um, I, I met a lot of those women that were following for that it went in, at the nutrition store because they'd come to me and go, hey, I got this thing. They gave me a free, um, I'm doing a challenge, and it's free. Right. But I had to put $500 down. Yep. And they're going to give it back to me as long as I lose my weight. So what do I got to do to, you know, right. how can you help me lose my weight? Because I need uh, to get that $500 back. Yeah. Um, and most of them, you know, couldn't, couldn't make the numbers. So, um, you know, they got hit for $500 when they thought they were going for free. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't, I don't believe in that. We have, a, we have a challenge going on right now at Eat the Frog where um, we're using the in-body machine, which, y you know, you're aware of. And, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to help people. Um, and we did some nutritional counseling with them as, as well as, um, set the, set the program up. Um, and we we're not charging them anything if they don't succeed. Right. Um, in fact, we're giving the winners 150 bucks each. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's how I see doing it is you got to do things to, yeah. um, 
help people and fool them is just going to make people mad. Yeah. I, I feel like, especially with the challenge model type thing, it's almost like the model got perverted in the sense that a, a challenge to me should be strictly for community involvement, getting people together, getting, you know, setting challenges and setting goals for each other and, and holding folks accountable and, and creating a buzz or creating a community around yourself. And then somewhere along the lines, you know, folks started using that as a marketing principle and then, and then came the bait and switch and it does work. Mm -hmm. Um, I was having a conversation with another gym owner very recently and he's been in it for a while. I mean, he's been, he's owned a, um, they do like MMA type stuff and, um, he's been at it for over 10 years now. And, um, one of the things that he said was that in the short term, you know, he might get a lot of new members or whatever, but then three years later, after they continue with that, with that, quote unquote free challenge, but put $500 down unless you meet a, you know, unrealistic criteria by and large, these folks are rocking three-star reviews on Google all of a sudden, you know? And so, and so the reputation ends up hurting in the long term. So that's, that's interesting. I actually, I like the way they do it, used to do it, um, where it was just like 21 days for like 90 bucks or something. And then you Mm -hmm. run 21 days and then on the 21st day, well, they have like two touch points, right? They'd have a follow-up, they'd have a measure, they'd have a follow-up again, and then they would touch you on the 21st day to see how you liked it. And if you loved it, they'd sign you up for the $160 a month normal normal group training that whatever they had, right? Um, I've seen people grow from 60 members to 160 members using that every yeah. other month. Yeah, that, that seems like a good plan. I mean, that's not bait and switch. That's, that's yeah. encouraging people and giving them a chance to, to that's sample the That's an honest challenge. That's yeah. not like a, hey, pay me money and then I might or might not give it back to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that by and large people are going to, are going to, strongly have a have a distaste there's gonna be recourse for a lot of that type stuff you know um but it does make sense and unfortunately it makes sense from a marketing premise too um well we're running out of time here scott i know you got a lot of stuff going on with the new gym uh on you know working on and whatnot um so if somebody wants to try to work out uh where do they go to find you um they can they can go online and just um go to eatthefrog.com eat eat the frog fitness and um they'll find us Cool. Check out our website. There's a form on there. Um, right now, we're giving anybody who wants to try it a free workout session with one of our coaches. That's awesome. And uh, so it's great. And then once they once they do that, um, I didn't mention earlier, but we are a 24 seven facility. Oh, sweet. so we're we're open uh, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So people that work odd shifts, we have a lot of doctors and nurses that like it because they come in when they get off yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly we've had people work out it's a 24 7 gym 24 i didn't know that yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. neat so. model for sure so instead of eating that cinnamon toast crunch eat the frog right yeah so <laughs> and and to finish the, the the name eat the frog is unique and everybody asks what's that mean people are always coming by and they'll open the door and say is this a restaurant yeah exactly i didn't think about that so the eat the frog comes from um Mark Twain said, if you have to eat a live frog, make sure you do it first thing in the morning because it's the worst thing that will happen to you all day. Yeah, if you I have to eat two, two live frogs, eat the biggest one first. Yeah. Um, and so um, Brian Clay, when he was training for the Olympics, that was kind of what was in his head every day when he got up to train is, I got to eat the frog. A lot, yeah, of time, a lot of time management consultants also talk about eat the frog, like yep. like take the biggest chunk, the worst yeah. thing in the morning. Yeah, uh, Brian Tracy has a book called yeah. Eat the Frog. Like wake yeah. up at 7 a.m. and do the thing you don't want to do right, right. then. <laughs> yeah, and just get it done. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's kind of a, a – just in my own professional life, I, I think about that mentality, and I think it's very powerful because I can think about 
you know, sometimes you have a, a customer call that you know is going to be one of those angry customers or whatever, and it's at like 3 p.m., and you just dread it all day. You know, you dread it and, it, and it takes your energy down for the rest of the day, whereas if you just handle it in the morning, you get it done, and then you can go about your day, and, and the rest of your day is pretty much going to be better. Scott, exactly. thank you so much for joining us today. Do we have a funny question for Scott? I, I don't. I had a funny comment. I don't know funny, about it. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, so we usually ask somebody a funny question at the end. Um, so... If you okay, here's a here's a funny question. So if uh, if you were gonna change the name of Eat the Frog Fitness to Eat the and then something else, what would you choose? <laughs> uh, uh, probably Eat the Fat would be the first there thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll create we'll create a, a branch called Eat the Fat Frog. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, today, guys, man. thank you.